Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live over at Crowdcast, live at YouTube. Maybe you're listening later as an audio podcast. Wherever fine audio podcasts are sold, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, we appreciate it. And we got a packed show for you so packed that we needed to start without justin he That's says right. he's gonna be here at some he's point he's pitching stuff he's a big time he's pitching yeah he's pitching meetings ideas you know i think oh, i don't know i might be wrong about this he texted us just now he's like i'm in the middle of a pitch i feel like he's at like baskin robbins pitching them new flavors and i'm not talking about the corporate headquarters i'm talking like his local baskin robbins he's like I don't know. Hear what me if out. there's like Hear me out. I, pistachios know. and almonds. They're both in there. It's No, no, it's Justin. He's pitching pickle flavors. He's like, oh, 100%. Pickle ice cream, come on. <laughs> pickle me... ice cream, come on. We'll have to check with him when he comes on if he does actually come on. Listen, if it's a successful pitch, he's going to be knee deep in pickle ice cream by the end oh, of the show. So he's man. not even going to make it here. He's going to die happy. Yes, he is going to die happy. And I'm going to die happy because we have a packed packed show for you so packed that i'm going to bring in our first guest right now he is the creator of a comic called rosaru his name is giles clark and it is available now giles welcome to the show hello welcome thanks for having me on uh no problem i like how perfectly your head is framed by the poster of your own comic book that's good branding (laughs) yeah it's actually a uh, standee i use when i go to uh conventions they're really helpful Oh, very nice. Uh, well, let's talk about this book, which is a really grody horror book. Why don't you pitch the concept to folks who don't necessarily know it? Uh, let's see. It's uh, called Rugaru, and it's based on a uh, actual cryptid uh, from uh, Cajun folklore. It's sort of a, a Cajun werewolf uh, creature. And I first learned about it uh, when I lived in Savannah, Georgia, lived in, in that area, and I found out about it. And uh, 
I wanted to tell a horror story that was sort of uh, a, a combination of folklores of, of uh, the Americas. So it, it blends a lot from Cajun folklore to Native American and uh, American folklore and everything in between. And uh, it begins on, in 1868 on a Colorado homestead ranch where a young girl is attacked by a mysterious creature. And uh, the next morning, the U.S. Marshal shows up and recounts the tale of the Rougarou uh, beast that he's been tracking across the U.S., but he's always one step behind. And uh, hmm. that's the overall story of it. It's encapsulated a single issue, uh, one shot comic, and it's going to be in stores September 28th uh, this month. So looking forward to that. Side. So this, yeah, so this is, uh, not that I'm like the hardcore into cryptid guys necessarily, but I feel like there's stuff that everybody knows, like they know the Chupacabra, they know the Jersey Devil, maybe, um, you know, a couple of others like that, Mothman, perhaps. Um, but I, I hadn't heard of this one. What was it about this cryptid in particular that drew you to the idea? Well, honestly, it was because nobody had really heard about it. Like it's... At, out in the region, it's very well known. Like, I think there's even a minor league baseball team in Louisiana called the Rougarous. And uh, uh, so because of that, when I was in this area, I thought, why has nobody ever heard of this thing? Why have they uh, uh, they've never seen it in a movie, never seen it in a TV series or anything like that? I'm sure it probably has been at, at this point, but uh, it sort of sat in the back of my brain for years. And then uh, when I came out here, I was looking to do a... Uh, uh, a, a story that was from a Western. And I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to bring that character forward into this and encapsulate a lot of the uh, tropes of horror and Westerns and uh, folklore that I really enjoyed and bringing it all into one story. That's where it, where it came from. When you're doing a monster story like this, how far is too far in terms of gore, in terms of tearing limbs off and things like that? Or is there no too far? I mean, I guess it depends on the story that you're, you're trying to tell there. I, uh, I think that we went probably a hard level of PG-13 with the, with the gore and the uh, uh, the horror in this. I didn't want to make it something that was just uh, horrible to look at. and uh, But I thought that I wanted to really encapsulate in those early state uh, pages that, yeah, this is a uh, beast to be reckoned with. And this is something that uh, really set the stakes uh, for the rest of the, the story so that you know that... Uh, what the marshal is up against in his uh, chase across the U.S. is uh, is dangerous. Cool. Given, uh, I know you already said this was a one-shot, but given that you did set this in the past, is there any interest in maybe creating a second issue of this, set in the present, set in another time period? Do you feel like there's more of the story to tell? Absolutely. I think that it, the story could absolutely be continued in a, in a different anthology, but I wanted to make sure that uh, when we're putting this book out, it would be a single issue that you could read through and get a beginning, middle, and end of the story. And uh, something I felt was important, especially since we're coming out right now in the hol Halloween season, I wanted everybody to sort of have that ghost story, that folklore to read through. The story could continue, but I always hate when you get to the last page, you're like, oh, I gotta wait until the second one or the third one to finally no. uh, find out what, what happens. I think that uh, when you're introducing characters or a story, it's important to you know give give the audience a full uh, beginning, middle, and end to it. And then if you can continue that story on, uh, that will give them the, the runway to come along with you for the journey there. But getting that full story is what really will make them want to go on in, in, in the future. Uh, given that then you Oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, uh, you know, we had talked a little bit about uh, just kind of the scariness of it. And, 
you know, right from the beginning, uh, you know, we kind of meet this uh, nice lady and then she immediately dies. So it really has this kind of sense of nobody's safe, you know, like anybody uh, uh, could kind of fall victim. So it does instill this kind of like uh, tenseness, which is, I think, great for especially for what you're trying to do. And just a a quick question to pivot off of what Pete's saying. When you do bring in the nice lady, do you feel like that character knows Jerry Lewis or something like that? (laughs) Right, Pete? Pete? Oh, man, you're funny. You're funny. This is the part. I'm sorry that you've got to be here for this. But this is just (laughs) ball busting here. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Given uh, that you're not necessarily doing a second shot uh, at the moment of this book, what else can people look forward to from you? Well, uh, coming out next year, we've got a six-issue limited series in a completely different vein. It's a uh, sci-fi comedy set in 1950s Hollywood. Wow. And it's called the uh, the world of tomorrow, and it uh, uh, follows the adventures of a man named Craig Barstow. He's the burned out lead actor on the formerly number one sci fi show of the nineteen fifties, now a little past his prime. And uh, we meet him on the day he finds out the show's getting canceled, and he's out of a job. And when the mob comes calling for his unpaid gambling debts, a failed oh, hit job man. leaves him delusional and believing he actually is the show's valiant protagonist, Captain Cal Armstrong. So now. Uh, battling with bouts of delusion where he believes this is his character and seeing the world as this 1950s sci-fi landscape and snapping back to reality in, in situations that he has no idea how he got himself into. He's got 24 hours to keep his show on the air, get the mob off his tail and regain his sanity all before the show's final broadcast. So that's a oh, six nice. issue series. Originally, um, I wanted to launch with that. That was going to be our premier six issue series. Uh, but with COVID and the shutdown with uh, Diamond Comic Distributors and our submission package, by the time their offices sort of opened back up and they got our submission package, they said, the earliest we can get you in is October. I said, wait, let's put the brakes on the sci-fi comedy. I've got a horror book that would be perfect to come out into stores in uh, late September, early October. So we went, uh, we launched Rougarou will be our first in-store launch uh, in uh, the end of this month on September 28th. And then going through the holidays and then uh, next spring we'll be uh, putting out World of Tomorrow. But uh, you can see previews of it uh, on the website. And if you see me at a convention, I'll be at the uh, L.A. Comic Con in December. You can pick up the whole series there. Cool. Uh, That's awesome. Giles, congratulations. Looking forward to people checking it out when it officially launches later this month. And thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Have a good night. Congrats. All right, there we go. Once again, I'm going to mispronounce the name of the book, but Roguru, even though he said it like 15 times, I'm sorry. Sure did. But uh, Giles Clark, definitely check it out. And tell you what, I'm going to bring in a special guest star here, fresh off the Baskin Robbins. He is plum full of rum raisin. Justin Tyler, everybody. Hello. Hey, everybody. Sorry, I had a meeting that ran long, and I also have a blood feud with um, Giles. Giles. Uh, wow. There we go. Uh, yeah, listen, we talked about this a little bit before, and not to blow up your spot, we talked about how you were doing a pitch meeting mm. uh, at Baskin Robbins yeah. for some new flavors. How'd it go? You know what? They've been needed to add a 30 second. Uh, and oh, th- they're yeah. just not willing to take some risks because um, mm-hmm. meat is a sort of the undiscovered frontier of ice cream. Oh, wow. Pete. Pete should have predicted the meat. He went for pickles instead. He yeah, thought I thought for sure you were going to do a pickle no. flavor. First you get the meat, 
then you get the pickles. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, it's uh, how illogical of me. Yeah. <laughs> wow, illogical. Okay. Um, how uh, are you? Well, guys? listen, I've missed. Uh, we're Aww. we missed you too very much, uh, and we missed you so much. I want to talk about other people specifically. Oh, you're seeing our other Patreon supporters, oh, our Patreon okay, supporters. Right. If that's yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, now this is something we usually do this at the top of the show, but we prefer to do it when it's all three of us. Uh, so we're going to do it here. So we need all once. Three of us. Yeah. Yes, we do. Otherwise, it's a total disaster. We once a month pay tribute to some of the awesome, awesome people who support us over at patreon.com slash comic book club for real. Uh, and we read off your names. So this is the list you're going to hear right now. And I'm going to kick it off with Oidis Larson. Aaron C. Hollis. Aaron Howarth. Adam DeRose. Adam Horowitz. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Alana Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Andrew. Andrew Primo. <laughs> Andrew Tillman. <laughs> I felt like I was cheating there. Yeah, I know, Beer Cat PhD. <laughs> Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Carrie Matthews. Chelsea Mack. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jaramillo. Christina Rensfield. Whoops. Rensfield. Uh, Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Corby Dorby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. Demand Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard de Villiers. Wow, perfect every time. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. Jonathan Jug. Jonathan McCool. Joshua Fryer. Joshua W. Broxon. Julian Lobato. Catherine Kath- Annenson. Casey Newhaven. Kind of Kevin excited, Grimes. Bro. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. Luana Thomas. Luca Sink. Uh, Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Megan Thigpen. Michael Tilbin. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick Grayson. Off-White Savior. Official CBC chef, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullies. My guy, Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pablo Martinez. Pedro A. Rangel. Pete's Pretty Kitty. Prada Bolly G. Provocative Ambulance. Whoa. Rev Mikey. Robert Pettinot. Sarah Schaffler. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamelia Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Banch. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. Zachary Backman and Zika's Viral Comics. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much for letting us mangle your names. We appreciate it. You're all awesome. If you would like to support us again, there's many, many levels, and you get some great bonuses, like access to our Patreon Slack, which is very active and fun to chat in, and also our back catalog from 2011 on. So that is 
hundreds, oh if God. not thousands, I know, of podcasts for you to listen to. to. Leave behind. I just wanted there playing on loop. <laughs> In your grave, so your dead body has to listen to it. Yeah, I know, loud enough that the or above the earth can hear it. Oh, okay. I guess we'll see what happens. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't we read two more names, bring in our next two guests here. Oh, they cool. are both working at Zest World, Chris Gilberti and Phil Jimenez. Chris, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Hey, thank you. It's so great to be here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we're just waiting for out. Phil to come in. But excited to have you here while we're waiting for him to come in. Why don't you set up for folks what Zest World is? Sure, yeah. So um, Zest World is a creator platform for comic book artists. So it's like Patreon, but like a little bit better. Um, it's specifically <laughs> for um, comic book creators. Um, and it's a place where they can distribute their comics to um, their fans directly uh, over email newsletter uh, or through our platform on the website. Um, and they can set up a subscription service um, where they could charge their fans for their work, um, you know, with all sorts of different tiers. Um, and they can also um, accept commissions um, from their fans, um, just like you would do at a Comic-Con, um, but from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I was uh, checking out the website earlier. It is awesome. And it's also really easy when you've got a phone and you're trying to read comics. Like the way it's set up for that is just it's such a nice experience reading the your your comics on this platform so i was super impressed as someone who has to kind of like pinch and do all sorts of stuff when i'm reading comics so he loves a pinch great. i feel like so many comic platforms or some are sort of getting worse comiXology uh, but uh, it's gr so great to see a platform that is truly <laughs> tailored to the comic experience yeah well thank you that was i mean we we felt that it was about time um so um yeah glad you like it Cool. Uh, here, I'm just uh, to give you a little backstage. I'm going to kick Phil out and try to invite him again. Sometimes that works here. But while we're doing that, Chris, Ooh. for you again, where where did this idea start? Like, it's always very hard to launch not just a new I, I don't know if you want to call it a publisher, but like not just a new publisher, but a new platform, a new Kickstarter type thing. Um, so that, that's a big undertaking, but it's got to start with the germ of an idea. So what was that germ? Yeah, great question. So I grew up um, a nerd in New Jersey um, reading yeah. comics. Hmm. Um, so I've, I've always been uh, a lover of the medium. Um, and, um, you know, in my you know adult career, I, I worked uh, in media and entertainment for the last decade, um, first on the business side as a management consultant, and then um, as uh, an entrepreneur um, at a company called Gimlet Media. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. Um, so... I uh, know we all love podcasts here. Um, so um, we must. Know, <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, putting 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 it all together, my passion for the space and, and you know, my experience um, as, as both, uh, you know, a business nerd um, and a, uh, a startup person, um, you know, when when Gimlet sold to Spotify a few years back, they knew it was time for my next adventure and um, wanted to start something in the world of comics. Um, and, um, you know, of course, the first thing you, you learn about the comics business when you um, go down um, the, the sort of business nerd rabbit hole is just the incredible franchise value um, the titles that Marvel and DC have created, um, like literally the biggest properties in the world, um, you know, have their roots in comics. Um, 
But you know, shockingly, the creators have not participated really in any of that. Um, and um, you know, meanwhile, there's this whole movement across entertainment. Um, you know, with platforms like Patreon um, and Kickstarter uh, and Substack, where there's this you know proven viability of creators building uh, a livelihood with their 500 to 1,000 most passionate fans, and um, you know, just kind of putting it all together felt like now is the time to create a platform specifically for um, the comics community because Hell the yeah. needs of yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the needs of comic creators are actually you know fairly idiosyncratic and and they're not super well served by these one size fits all platforms. Like just even the fact that you know we have commissions and publishing sitting alongside each other on our platform and there's a really elegant tailored solution there. Um, uh, wait, we got hey. Phil. Hey, there you are. Sorry about that. No, nice. that's fine. This is occasionally a very buggy platform, so almost definitely not. We your need a new platform. All. Can we work on that? Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know me because Chris, Chris is doing amazing right now. Uh, yeah. And so you should uh, please continue. Wait, oh, wow. well, while we have an interruption here, I actually wanted to tee up something that I wanted to tee up at the beginning. So uh, during our Patreon name read through, you might have heard that we mentioned C official CBC chef Brett Macris. That's actually kind of not a joke. Brett Macris is a legit well-renowned chef in New Orleans. And what he does is every week he curates a drink uh, for the show with our Patreon Slack. We've done stuff from the Gotham cocktail book among many other things sometimes there's some jokey things sometimes it's just beer or anything like that uh, but what he did this week is he actually created a cocktail for zest world um so i'm going to share the recipe Whoa. with you now yeah uh it is called around the zest world I'm going to oh read God. it off for anybody listening to the podcast, but it's bourbon, grapefruit, lemon juice, orange juice, honey syrup, and a grapefruit peel. I'll read the directions. You chill a cocktail glass and a shaker, combine ingredients wow. and shake vigorously, pour into your chilled cocktail glass, express the zest over the cocktail and around express the rim, the and wrap the zest around the inside of the glass, wrap it around the zest world, if you will. He has some notes about measurements, and he says, now sip and check out zestworld.com and see what Phil Jimenez and the other artists are doing all around Zest World. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I did make one of them uh, tonight, and it is delicious, yeah. just like your website. So there you go. Uh, Chris, you were mid-sentence, though. I don't want to get you know blow past what you were saying, though, Chris. I don't want you to completely like Pete's lose. hanging on every word here. Yeah. It's great. Oh, no, no, no. I was I was all done with that rant. No, this is you great. sure? Let's okay. talk about the Zest World drink. No, I, I love it. I, I mean, you know, before Zest World, I worked at Gimlet. So I, I only work at yeah, companies you only that work have an alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for doing that for me. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Phil, why don't we go over to you then? Uh, you have a great project on Zestworld. What drew you to the platform? What interested in it, you about it as an artist, as a creator? Uh, it was actually about a summer ago when fellow author Alex Segura uh, and I were oh, yeah. in Cape Cod of all places. And he asked if I'd heard about Zestworld and if I knew about Chris. And he actually spoke incredibly highly of Chris and this Aww. new platform. And nice. he, so he encouraged me to reach out and I did. That's literally just how it happened. And then uh, Chris and I met in New York City. It was really terrific. And the thing that interested me most about the platform 
was the quite frankly the challenge of it right because these are not traditional comics they're scroll comics and after 30 years of telling comics in one format i was particularly excited about the possibility of telling it in another in a whole new delivery system um and uh he was going to allow me to play with some old characters from mine a sort of old creator project project to sort of rebuild it oh, wow. and i was thrilled that I got this opportunity because I've been looking for a home for this uh, project for a long, long time. Um, so that's that's really sort of how it was. And, and then it's been uh, a period of learning this new format because uh, scroll comics are trickier than you imagine. Um, and what has continued to excite me about it are the other artists and creators that Chris has actually gathered, particularly in this phase two. It's been really, really exciting. Um, and um, it feels to me like it's a Zephyr's a really, I mean, I sound like a company guy, but it's a super forward looking company and it's being developed. If this is gonna say, I haven't told Chris this yet, but I remember talking to my art dealer many years ago about like what would be an ideal sort of platform for creators. Uh, and I've been feeling validated because Chris has built it. Um, <laughs> and a lot, a lot of what Chris is doing for us is sort of what has made it really exciting to work on. So um, there's been a learning curve because not only am I learning uh, scroll comics, but I'm basically, uh, I'm doing my first sort of creator own book outside the umbrella of a sort of larger corporate corporation. So yeah. everything from hiring and managing colorists and writers. And uh, even though I have a wonderful editor, uh, Ivan Brandon. Yeah, um, we know Ivan. So, so part of the excitement of this whole project, yeah, so part of the excitement of the whole project was what do you do when you've done something for 30 years? And then you do this. Um, and you do it with a company that is actually forward thinking and actually for me, really progressive and thoughtful about its creators and its content and kind of wants to do good in the world. That's a really, uh, not to derail too hard, but it's a really big deal for me at this point in my career and my age is to work for a company that I think wants to do good things um, as best they can in any sort of corporate way. And awesome. Chris has really sort of tailored the company to be just that. And what's exciting about that, I think, um, just from my perspective, is that so many um, uh, the comic platforms that we gravitate to weren't built for comic books. They were just like, oh, we landed here, so let's just make this yes. work. And it's just like, oh, you know what? We owe it to ourselves as readers, as creators, to be like, you know what? Why don't we do something nice? Why don't we make it a little nice for ourselves and put it all together in a way that makes it easier for everyone who's uh, creating and consuming this content that we love and that is what entertainment is now at the top of the, the, the chain, you know? Plus it's great because after you read something you like, there is this thing where it's like, Hey, you can get their stuff. It's all like one stop shop. So it's really, uh, it's a win-win. Not only is it a better reading experience, but you also get to kind of support the artists that you're reading and liking uh, right there. So it's really great. And I know it sounds like we literally invest in this company, but we don't. <laughs> we just <laughs> found out about it, and it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is a legitimately – I mean, as I keep saying, because I'm the old guy here, but I've worked for a lot of companies, um, corporate comic companies and smaller companies – um, toy companies, Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And it's really nice to work for um, a company and a platform that is so thoughtful about the way it's delivering content, so considerate about the creators. Like, they want the creators to do well, um, and they want to make sure that they give 
best opportunity, uh, give us um, strongest, the, 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 the most amount of support as well to do just that, right? Um, with, the, with also, I think the idea that the happier we are, essentially the better the product is. So the better it will be for the consumers who are supporting us, right? And to have kind of, the nice thing is that we have a pretty direct link to our, to our, the people who are reading our stuff um, on the site and through other social media. And so it just makes for a really nice exchange, right? Like I, I have a great life because people have supported me. And it's nice to be able to get back. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're, you're also uh, really, yeah. really, really good at your job. I mean, let's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, simply one well, nice there. Well, yeah. thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. There it is. Oh, there there it is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do not mean to belittle. I'm just saying it's a nice, I, I'm just, I, it's, it's just a lot of gratitude. Like, I, uh, I think it's very easy, and I certainly succumb to it in a world um, that can be really hard sometimes not to be grateful, right? But we are here on this podcast talking about making comics, making entertainment, drawing pictures, and and uh, creating fantasies for people, and interacting with them. And I think that's a real gift, right? So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, I-, I wanted to ask you. You've touched on this a little bit, and this happened a couple of months ago, but. You also have a really aggressively positive policy towards creator rights on the platform in terms of who owns what, how things can be developed. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, you know, Phil sort of put it best. It's like we we've just aligned our incentives completely with creators because you know, this is an industry where the audience follows the creators, right? Oh, yeah. Um and so if, if we win the creators, you know, our feeling is that, you know, we'll win as a platform. So to us, it's a no brainer to just line those things up, um, you know, um, because it's, it's good for everybody. So, yeah, I mean, all of the IP rights, um, you know, are with the creators. Um, you know, my background is in television and film. I you know, produced Homecoming and a, and a bunch of other projects yeah. when I was at Gimlet. Um, and you know, I, I just observed firsthand um, that this is the direction that the industry, the entire industry, really, I think, is heading. Um, you know, I, I do think over the long term, the moral arc of Hollywood bends towards the creator. Um, and so, you know, I, I Love think, that take. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's really how I feel. And and I think that just you know, locking arms with creators and aligning our incentives together. You know, if if Phil and I decide to do something together in television or film, um, you know, we'll be doing it in a model that um, you know it works great for both of us, and I don't I don't need to participate in Phil's IP rights to help him there and to do something together that's that's cool and and you know mutually beneficial. Um, you know, it's just sort of a fallacy that um, that's the way that things even need to work um, because you know um, there are a lot of people that work on uh, a TV show or a movie, and um, you don't you know as a producer need to um, you know hit the IP rights holder, um, you know, and control their pot of money. It doesn't really make any sense. 
Well, you know, you you probably know about this, but we are, we found out about the line producer job here and how much work that is. And we're really kind of... Whatever, you know, that that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. You know, it deserves credit. This, this, is, this is perhaps a running bit. We're just, uh, just to clarify what's going on. Just to clarify, on. Pete doesn't know exactly what he's talking about. But I mean, I agree with you. I think the comics industry is a bit of a dinosaur, at least um, sort of in the more corporate side of it, that the creators aren't at the center and are somehow in the shuffle of it while the the rights stay up uh in the offices um so it's it's really exciting to see that to hear that that is your goal because i agree with you completely like creator driven is the only way to do anything now and to create generate excitement for any project um in any uh medium i think yeah. Uh, Phil, uh, I'm curious from you, since there are all these amazing creators like yourself on the platform, is there any collaboration that's going on between any of you? Or is it mostly about everybody kind of doing their own thing and uh, leading into their own projects? Uh, the projects are currently ours. But I. Yeah. so one of the things I, that actually really got me into this was the there's there's been... I think we're still just trying to figure out the format. The idea of getting us all together um, to mm. either do sort of online shows, to do mini conventions, to do just talks like that. Like when, for example, I found out Joel Jones was on, like my head exploded. Like I was so oh. excited. <laughs> it was actually really lovely. <laughs> it's really funny. But to be super excited about the other creators i'm like oh shit you got so and so that's amazing right like so um so the, the the i'm actually really looking forward to um collaborating with them in different ways if not with, necessarily with our art but in conversation right like that so uh i was just complaining recently um or, or talking to some peers like i'm one of those freelancers that tends to be fairly isolated from uh i i, I never worked in a studio and so the nice thing about this platform is uh, I get to sort of communicate with the other artists really easily and freely, and we can do it in a way that we can interact with fans and directly they can interact with us. And I think that's, I don't know, I'm just very excited about that. Um, <laughs> it shows. I'm also excited about uh, just the stable of, like, my, my sense is, my take, is that Chris has been really, really careful about how he's curating the talent. And I think that's actually also pretty awesome, right? Like. Uh, it's not of just throwing shit at the wall and trying to figure out what sticks. Um, there's like, it's just been a really amazing level up with each round. And it's for me, like as a fan, that could, that's actually very exciting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like Jimmy Pamiotti and Amanda Connor were two of the very early adopters of Zest World. Uh, I have to imagine having them on board and all into it was probably helpful in getting the rest of the stable of talent. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think they were um, actually the very first um, creators oh, that's that awesome. we did a deal with. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they were great. I, I had been, I just, I reached out to Jimmy randomly on Twitter because I mean, he's a, Jimmy's a great follow on Twitter. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, Dude's he's hysterical. Oh, he's You should follow him around at Comic-Con. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Or yeah. not? Right. <laughs> They're both the best, and, and you know, and he's yeah, it, the thing is, is like he's he's an incredible um, writer, um, but he's also like a real um, industry mind. Like 
you know, his his like sort of business observations, um, you know, are, are really astute, I think, and, and very forward looking. And so I, I knew that he would get what we were doing. Um, and but, but, you know, one of the wonderful things about Zestworld is that pretty much every single creator on the platform has been it's been a domino effect and it's been referrals. And, and as Phil said, um, Alex Segura was kind enough to, to introduce us. And, um, you know, Phil has even introduced us to some people. And it's just, been, you know, um, it's, a, it's a small industry. And, and again, like to the point of like why we're giving everything to creators, but it's, this is why, you know, um, you know, we're, we're going to build a really exciting roster when we, when we treat people really well. And, and, and we know that because, you know, word spreads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Phil, it not to use. It's really, really oh, easy go to go sell him. Oh, no, just to <laughs> say, just to finish that off. So it's been very, very easy particularly this last summer, but even before that, to, to talk to peers and be like, reach out to Chris or try to connect them, hoping that schedules and the stars will align. Um, uh, because I just don't, and I, I swear to God, I just don't have any bad things to say. I'm, I'm not like, this is a great company, but- be Give us the dirt, we right? want like, the dirt. It's sort of like, get to, right, right, right. Uh, there's just not a lot of dirt. It's just a really great space to work. <laughs> No uh, Phil, I, I did want to ask you, other than Zestful, though, I'd be remiss not to mention that the first issue of Wonder Woman Historia was mind-blowing, okay. just absolutely, like, stunning from front to back. Um, yeah, that seemed like such... Departure is the wrong word, but just such... Uh, you could tell the, the growth and the focus that you were putting into that issue. Um, what was it like tackling that? Um, long, let's see, I'll try not to make it too long. I just got off a very miserable run on Superwoman. Aww. I thought I would never work in comics again. I was just like, okay, I'm just done. I've outgrown it. Um, my vision and the editorial vision are too different. Uh, and then I got the, the then uh, editor of Historia said, would you consider this? And the thing that sold me on it, I, I said no originally, I declined. And then the thing that sold me on it was working with Kelly Sue DeConnick. Because yeah, I'm like, if I'm going to go back to this material, there had I had to say something, right? And Kelly Sue's take was mind blowing to me. It really was transformative. Yeah. So, uh, and then the other thing was, if I was going to go, I took that black. So I got hired when black label was like a thing, mm -hmm. and before it sort of became this kind of catch all, which is not to belittle it, but before it became Vertigo and all these other things, it was meant to be the right. sort of most high-end books that we had. And I took that mission very seriously. So I thought if I'm going to do this, it has to be, I have to up the game because of who in my head I was competing with. Um, and so so that was also, the, and I've also said that Kelly Sue's script was probably the most inspiring script I've worked on oh, wow. since Grant Morrison's uh, it's, like it's it's been about twenty years since I've been that like wow like wow. on. So I always say that uh, every every line in that book is a tribute to her. Oh, like that's awesome. So to to her script, like I, that would not exist without her. Uh, I did want to ask you in particular, uh, and then we'll get back to Zestworld in a second. But just the. There's so many different parts of that book that are mind-blowing, like I said, but the double-page spread that you do in there of the Greek urns floating in space, I must have stared at that for, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how long, and at least part of my thought process was, 
how did he even do that? Like, how did how did you approach that double page spread in particular? So that was one of the spreads that came to me instantly. Because um, mm. a lot of those pages took time. That one I understood uh, because I understood the mission statement. So Kelly Sue calls the beginning, the first several pages already booked, the compact, right, with the reader. Like, this is my promise to you. This is what we're going to talk about. This is what it's going to be about. So I knew that. And so um, it was just a vision I had in my head because we were talking ultimately about crimes of history over over. And how do you show that? Because um, history is a really long time, right? Yeah. So in my head, it wasn't just one two or, or two bases. It was thousands of bases over thousands of years, each one cataloging like these crimes, um, these indictments. And uh, I have some, I was pointing over here because somewhere I have the, I, that was actually penciled and inked. I did all those bases individually. What? Uh, Man. I started this book doing Doing traditional, doing traditional pencils and then inks and then cleaning them up and, and procreate. And then I just moved my pencils and just started inking and procreate to sort of save time, which clearly I didn't. Um, but uh, <laughs> I have the original board with all the, all the bases because there were hundreds of them. And then I went back in and reshaped them to fit the layout that I had drawn. Um, and then if you look, there are actually stories on almost every base. Yeah. It's I mean, sort of have a sec to grab it real quick. I'd, I'd take a look at it, sure. if that's at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but one, one final note on that, and this is, uh, but I do like to say it. So um, the, those, those bases essentially showcase crimes against women. Yeah. Oh, and wow. what was interesting was doing research. So I live mm-hmm. in New York City. I can walk to the Metropolitan Museum of Art very easily. A lot of that stuff was based on stuff I found in that museum or at other museums. And it was just really interesting how we, sh- what we decide is art. So a lot of these v- vases showcase real acts of violence against yeah, women. I mean, acts of violence generally, but like the number of pieces of art, like the rape of Europa, isn't this beautiful? And we're not really thinking about its content so much as its aesthetic. And I think that's really fascinating. And so for me, that was eye-opening. There's one vase, and then I will shut up, that I literally, it's almost lifted from this, a real vase, and it's these two creepers who are lifting up the skirt of a sleeping woman. And I redrew it, but it is almost exactly the same. And it's like a vase in a museum. It's a real thing. And like, I'm sure a lot of us look and go like, giggle, but I'm like, she's she's clearly asleep in in the vase. And so I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And yet here it is on display as a work of art. And it just made me think about how we consume these images and this content almost subconsciously, especially if it's put in a museum or just, oh, it's beautiful, it's art. It's revered, no yeah. We're meant to revere it so no matter what. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's remarkable. Really interesting. But all of those bases have stories. Thank you for putting yeah. all that work into that. That's really yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say that actually move back to Zesserol, but just we read a ludicrous amount of comics for this show. The fact Luda. that... Luda. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the fact that any page stuck with me is always remarkable to me, but this one really stuck with me in particular. The book is great. Uh, but let's let's get back to Zesserol for a second. Uh, Chris, we've talked about a couple of the artists and creators that are working for Zesperald, 
What else can you plug? What should people check out? What's maybe going under the radar a little bit under Zesworld? And if you can tease anything or talk about anything, what's coming up? Oh, you're muted. You're on you're mute. Muted. That's yeah, bad for an audio podcast. All That's right, a- all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, no. Um, I would I would plug three things. Um, one is just come to the site and read the comics. I mean, they're free. Oh yeah, and it's free and comics, you, man. Yeah, and and something very important here: when you subscribe to a comic on Zestworld, you know, to receive updates the creator actually gets your email address. And that is huge because wow. when you when you think about Webtoon and the fact that there are literally, you know, comics that tens of millions of people have read and the creator has no way of reaching those people. Like imagine if the creator had like 10 million email addresses and they wanted to sell a piece of merch or they wanted to, yeah. you know, hold an event. Like it's, you know, so that's like, you know, like really the key thing is that when you're when you're subscribing to these comics, um, you're supporting the creators in a very direct way. So that's number one. Just come, read, subscribe. The comics are amazing and they're free. Um, and then you could you know, support yeah. creators of subscription tiers. The second thing is we have this awesome um, first-of-its-kind commission offering. So buy a commission from someone. It's super fun. Um, so definitely do that. And then um, you know, the third and final thing is if you're a creator um, watching this, listening to this, um, Sign up for our waitlist. Um, we are we're working our way through it. Um, we're doubling the creator plat, uh, population on the platform every month. Um, wow. So yeah, um, and and, and Phil is right. It's uh, it's 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 for sure the cool kids. We're we're taking a really curated um, you know uh, approach to it. Um, you know, especially early on before we just open the floodgates because we want to be really careful about you know the the tone of our brand. Um, and you know, as Phil said, like you know, we want um, we want great work that um, has something good to say. Um, but but sign up, um, you know, for for our wait list um, because we will we will get to you and and make sure you get on the platform. Awesome, 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 guys! Thank you so much for coming on. Truly a pleasure. Good luck with yeah. everything, and looking forward to spending all of my time at Zestworld. Yes, yeah, Zestworld. Yeah. Let's get zesty. It's great. <laughs> It's actually, it's a really terrific platform. Really awesome, Chris, yeah. Phil. Thank Great you guys. so much for coming thank on. Thank you so Have much. Have a lovely night. Take care. Take care. All right, there we go. Once again, zestworld.com, and of course, around yes. the zestworld, the signature drink of zestworld. They accepted yeah. it, right? They, they said into it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Uh, definitely not, check that out. And guess what? What's up, Pete? What's I up? just wanted to say, like, you know, uh, not to sound like complete chills or something, but like. We read a ton of comics online, and it was just so refreshing the how easy it was to not only like look through comics. Hypno slip. Not it was just it was so clear, and you didn't have to do any kind of like extra stuff, and it was just like so such a seamless experience. And I'm geeking out because uh, it's normally a nightmare and i was just i'm in shock and awe of how nice it is and how easy it is to support things that you love so it's definitely worth checking out well i'll tell you what why don't we support another thing we love and ah! bring our next guest into the stream one of our favorite guys to chat about chat to and he has a huge announcement that came out today matthew yeah! rosenberg everybody hello yeah! I, I love i love being one of your favorite things yeah, I mean, <laughs> anytime we uh, talk about one of your comments, very often Pete shouts Bergy 
just, sure. I can't believe he didn't do it just now. And I'm so yeah. sorry that I mean, he does I'm, that I'm, or you're welcome. I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying I, to be respectful. I, I feel disrespectful to not shout it at this point. I think the Burn table's it. up front. There you go. That's all I wanted. It is. That's all I wanted. <laughs> It'd be weird um, if you shouted it. But... Yeah, I can't do that. That's not That's not really. It's a gross look. It looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Matthew. Thank you so much for coming on. So excited to have you here and particularly excited because you had a huge announcement today. You are, uh, how are we describing it? You're launching kind of like your own publishing imprint, would you say? You know, um, we didn't quite figure that out. We don't, we don't <laughs> have to talk about I started okay. writing a post explaining what I'm doing. And then I was like, I don't really know how to describe this. So we're just going to kind of cruise past it. But I'm making a bunch of books um, with a bunch of my favorite creators and uh, we're we're going to be disseminating them and and creating them in our email newsletter. So it's very similar to nice. uh, what the Zestro guys were talking about. We are on Substack, um, which mm, cool. you know is a another platform doing the same thing. Uh, but it's really exciting to listen to them talk about sort of the idea of um, you know giving giving creators power because that's what you know all of us are trying to do is figure out like well how can we um, make exactly the things we want with no barriers and no obstacles. And, and it's really fun. And like, whether you're talking, you know, listening to Phil Jimenez talk about his book and that's, you know, such an honor to even get to hear him talk about it because he's such a legend and all the people there, all the amazing creators on, on Substack, it's, it's really a fun time to be doing this kind of thing. So I kind of dove in two feet at a time and and we're making a thing and it's Ashton that's the most amount of feet that's max yeah that's all the feet i have so i don't really max feet yeah well i imagine and this is not to put you on the spot about this but i imagine this sort of thing is probably a little scary as well because you're going from a publisher like an image comics even which granted image comics is some people sometimes refer to it as a printing press, but like a Marvel or a DC where there's all this infrastructure in place to kind of help you out to doing it yourself. So what what is that like and what led to that decision? Yeah, um, you know, I feel like all the good risks worth taking are, are sort of scary and rewarding at the same time. And so this was kind of that. It's... it's um, there wasn't a way for us to just go to a publisher and be like, we have five or six books we want to make. Like, will you do that? Um, there wasn't an easy way to do that. Um, there are ways to do it, but uh, this, <laughs> seemed, this seemed like the sort of, well, no one can tell us no version of that. And and so that was that was our impetus and that was sort of our goal and just just getting a chance to do it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really terrifying. And, you know, I, luckily I, I hired... Uh, a bunch of my friends who are very good at their jobs. So uh, we have uh, Rachel Pinellas, who was a Marvel and DC editor, and she's our managing editor. And Tyler Boss, who draws What's the First Place from Here, yeah, our image book. Oh, yeah. and, and we made Four Kids Walking a Bank together. He's doing all the graphic design. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we have a, a ton of other people uh, doing a ton of other things. And then it's just us and, and you know, all the artist, artists and, and writing and all that, just trying to make books and get them out to people with no barrier. Sorry, we were just scanning yeah. through um, the the site, um, yes. and it's awesome. So I was definitely listening, but I was mostly taking in that you art, which, yeah, <laughs> which is like, what a great... And I, let's just say, like, I feel like you're having such a strong moment right now. It's almost a Bergeson's, if I can throw out a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
between yeah. um, uh, what's the furthest place from here, DC versus vampires, a book that we talk about in such hype fashion and that we love, Thanks, and of course, Wildcats coming up. Like, it's great been. Time. How busy are you right now? Yeah, it's been an honor and a pleasure to watch you come into power here. You are killing the game. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, how busy am I? I just took a nap right before the show. Perfect <laughs> timing. So, Perfect. We okay. asked a lot of our guests to nap right before the cameras. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to be. I wanted to be energized. No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm busy. It's a lot of work, but it is. You know, I when I was a kid, uh, my dad was a writer, and and uh, he used to work all the time. And I, I said to him once, like, "Oh, you're going to be working while we're on vacation." And he said to me uh, a phrase that is sort of haunting to say to a child, and now it haunts me as an adult. And I I find myself repeating it. He was like, "Well, it's better to have too much work than too little." So that's oh, sort wow. of a wow. terrifying. Yeah. I'm right yeah, there. Yeah, terrifying thing to. How old were you when he said that to you? I was like yeah. eleven. Uh, it's so weird not to interrupt you. But I had a very similar experience where I said the same thing to my dad, and he was like, I'm not your dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting response. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Super, it's basically yeah. the same anecdote. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm your work. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm keeping busy, and I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, I get to do all this stuff, and, and it's it's a real honor. And But mostly I, I just, like, it doesn't really feel – this is a stupid answer because I work like 17 and 18-hour days, seven days a week. But it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the time because awesome. I really do – whether I'm making What's the First Place from Here or, or all these books that we're making at AshcanPress.com or you know I'm making DC vs. Vampires and, and Wildcats and Joker at DC, and those are like dream books for me. So I, I just kind of feel really lucky all the time, and I'm not – I don't really notice the, the work as much. Wow. Uh, I mean, I understand that it's not exactly a stub stack thing, but at the same time, it is existing at the platform. So what are the advantages of launching specifically on there from a technical perspective? Um, well, it is exactly a sub stack thing. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the, but the technical advantages are that you can really do whatever you want. Um, we don't, there are no rules. So we're trying a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, it's interesting because we have basically... You can go to ashcanpress.com, which redirects you to Substack, and you sign up for our newsletter. And um, if you don't want to give us any money, which is totally cool, uh, you get a newsletter every week where we talk about comics and we talk about, you know, chocolate milk and, and dumb stuff and, you know, whatever I feel like talking about. And it's, you know, people seem to like it. I'm, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm curious why, but they do. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and then there's a, there, we, we what well, the stuff we launched today was the, the paid tiers, which is announcing these books with, with my collaborators. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a monthly tier where you're going to get PDFs of, of books every month emailed to you. And, you know, there's a bunch of different formats. So if you have a reader, they have the panels app on Substack. A lot of people use that and you can drop the panel, the comics in there. You can do that monthly. There's a discount if you do it yearly. And then there's like a more expensive tier that gets you a bunch of like funny physical stuff and variant covers and prints and signed scripts. And, you know, but really the thing I'm excited about is that we're just getting a chance to sort of show people how we're making these books if they care. And, mm, and yeah. you don't have to, you know, I, I'm a big nerd for process and I'm a big nerd for like the behind the scenes. And I always watched my DVDs with director's commentary. But I know everyone's not that. So like, if you want to just read comics, we're going to make comics and send them to you. Uh, if you if you want to like see character sketches and have see discussions between all of us on on how these books are being formed and see script samples and coloring process and all that, we're going to show you that. And 
Um, one of the things I'm excited about is like we're going to show you know the pitch for what's the furthest place from here, and me and Tyler are going to have a discussion on it. And like it's got a bunch oh, of pages wow. that aren't actually in the book. Like we pitch stuff that we ended up cutting, and um, there's a lot of stuff like that that is just you just get the opportunity to do which we couldn't if it was just a comic in a shop. And I love comics and shops, and um, you know we're not we're not forsaking that. That is a, a huge priority in what we're making and what we're doing. But we're taking advantage of the chance to just be in people's inboxes and give them stuff. We're going to make a podcast. Um, oh, wow. Uh, you guys what? inspired me. Yeah, yeah. I know. Wow. <laughs> I felt as soon as it came out. Eating office, our lunch like, oh, here. Oh, oh man. Geez. Well, if it makes you feel better, We're the only um, podcast on the internet, right? I, I know. <laughs> if, if it makes you feel better, I'm very, I, we, t we taped the podcast and I'm definitely very bad at it. Like I'm a hundred percent. I don't believe that. Uh, You've literally. been a fun guest every time you've been on. You know, uh, you guys are like shepherds, and you and you steer things, and and like oh. the sheep can't steer the herd well. It's just, oh. it's uh, you know, I have experience on this <laughs> now. I did it. I was like, that's really hard. This is really awkward, and it's gonna suck. But it's free, so whatever. Sign up, and yeah. you'll get a podcast. It's free, but it's free. So yeah. <laughs> And one thing to throw out there, you know, it isn't like you doing literally absolutely everything about it. You also have Rachel Penelis. I, I don't yeah. know if I'm mispronouncing her name, but she's working doing a bunch of editorial stuff as well, right? Yeah. Uh, Rachel, is, Rachel is editing books and she's also, she's a, you know, we had a long talk about like, well, what's your title going to be? Because mm -hmm. she was like, well, I'm just going to help you. And I was like, you should, you should have a title, right? And, and you know, she was like, well, I'm not the editor-in-chief, right? And I was like, we we're not a publisher, so we shouldn't have that. So she's the, we settled on managing editor. So she's just making sure that the ship runs on time and everybody has what they need to make these books, but also is a you know creatively chiming in and um, yeah. And then uh, you know we're just making there there's six projects that are going up there. We haven't said what the names of them are. There's just a teaser image for each one. We want to roll them out like they're actual books and announce them and have you get excited in a window that makes sense. I mean, some of them are a years off you know, like at least. So it's a long project and, and we really want to work in it, but I'm working with um, six of my favorite artists in comics. So it's um, Tyler Boss, who I mentioned before, who is, you know, my my creative partner in in, in so much that I do and, and sort of a, he's my muse and, um, he, no. and and he kind of hates me. So it's like this beautiful relationship. And then, yeah, it's beautiful. And then Josh Hickson, who who um, I worked with him on uh, Joker Puzzle Box, and he just did the seventh issue of What's the First Place from Here. Um, he's going to yep. do a book that me and Tyler are co-writing, and he's going to draw it. Oh, wow. And then um, Stefano Landini, who's currently doing issues of Black Panther, but we worked together on Punisher for a little bit, and he's a, yeah. he's just a genius, and he's you know we've already got issues done of that, and it's it's a beautiful book, and and I think he's just an underrated talent. Um, Andy McDonald, who I did multiple man with, but he just did a run on Wonder Woman and, and, and is always busy. And he's just a, a sort of, you know, a true force in comics. He's, and, and one of the best people I know. Um, and then we have, uh, Juan Ferreira, who I did Thunderbolts with, and, and he just did a flash book and he's doing some Spider-Man stuff and, and we're doing a, a World War II thing, which I'm excited for. Wow. And, um... Then we have Javier Rodriguez, who's currently doing yeah. Defenders, and uh, I think is is a talent uh, that a once in a generation talent in comics. And I'm I've yes. never worked with him before, and we're like just exchanging these frantic emails about how excited we are, and, <laughs> and so all you know, like everybody uh, whipped together cool teasers and 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 things and and put them up, and and we're all just like 
brewing comics and we're inviting people to come along and hang out while we do it. It's kind of a weird, weird vibe, but I, I like that about it. I feel like, you know, not to get too pretentious, but I, I, I sort of feel like there's a time of, of, you know, there's a creative freedom that you have here that, that harkens back to like, you know, whether it's various communities that, that are making art and we want to be that we want to be part of a thing where we're like, you can come and hang out and watch us make this stuff. You can come talk to us about it, like ask questions, be part of it. And I think that's really fun. Yeah, that's um, exciting. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned brewing comics. We have a, a comment from our, our CBC chef, Brett Macris, um, mm-hmm. pitching a cocktail called What's the Furthest Place from Beer? Oh. Is, is that a cocktail or is that just beer? I think it's a, it's a cocktail it's a that's cocktail. far away from beer. Far from it's the beer. furthest place. Right. I, I will say. When, or it uh, could just be like a beer that's across the room. Yeah, it's like an actual beer I that's far hate away. That beer. I, I will say when when he when you guys talked about the Zest World thing, um, I'm straight edge, so I don't drink. Um, but a virgin Zest World sounded really good to me. I was like, I would yeah. drink that. Yeah. Might just, that might just be juice. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's juice with honey. Yeah. Most yeah. cocktails without honey? alcohol are just juice. Yeah, or just it. air and ice, really. Yeah, love it. Uh, now, even though you are launching six different comics over an indeterminate period, are you at this point still planning on doing Marvel stuff, DC stuff as well, or are you devoting oh. yourself to this full time? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I am doing uh, Joker launches next month, uh, mm-hmm. issue one. And now uh, wait. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's the craziest book I've ever written. It's the weirdest. What? Like, yeah, it's definitely one, one. I was like, I don't know if they're going to let me do this plot, and two, I was like, they're definitely not going to make let me make it this violent. And it is. They were very excited about both at DC. Ben Abernathy, my editor, is is one of the best to ever do it, and he is just a champion of of trying to make cool books. So. Um, yeah, it's me, Carmine Di Gian Domenico, and Francesco Francavia doing Ooh, Joker stories. Nice. Um, and this is this is a pseudo sequel to the Joker series that came before, which was kind of more of a Commissioner Gordon series. Yes. So is this going to be about like a barista who works somewhere in Gotham, and the Joker passes yeah. through to oh, get coffee spoiler, sometimes? Wow. No, sorry, it's he's. Um, he's a barista, but he, he like he has hobbies. So like, no, yeah. The it's funny because because people are like, well, the other Joker book, there's James Tynan's book with PM March and a bunch of great people. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually ended up writing four issues of that run. Um, I was gonna say you worked on it. Yeah, I worked on it, and so it's. Uh, I have a I have a huge love for that book and and what it is, and I, I you know I always appreciated the ability to make a stealth Commissioner Gordon book because Commissioner Gordon's the best. Um, we're oh, yeah. not doing that. Uh, someone asked me yesterday, like on Twitter, they were like, "Oh, is Commissioner Gordon going to be the main character?" And I was like, "No, he's not in the book." And then I had misread their tone, and they were like, "Oh, that's disappointing." And I was like, "Oops, misread <laughs> that." <laughs> no sarcasm there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "I gave you a real sour puss on that when I read it in my head," and you were very excited to get more Commissioner Gordon comics, as you should be, because the that book is great. Um, Speaking of your social media presence, uh, you feel I feel like you're really um, going full on in your Wildcats uh, energy here. It's Wildcats. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, for, for the, the for, grifter love is strong, come on. <laughs> you know, for people of a certain age, uh, grifter, the wildcats is like the book when you were a kid that you just didn't know books could be that cool. You were oh, like, I didn't know, like yeah. you, you knew comics were cool. And then you were like, wait, 
there's another level of cool to these. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I just love those characters and I love them. And Grifter has the most iconic mask uh, of the last 40 years of comics. And so it's super easy to take his mask and put it on people's faces and make memes. <laughs> and people like that. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that takes me four seconds and that's marketing. Here we go. So and yeah. that's marketing. So, I mean, I, it's was... crazy. With Grifter, I feel like back in the day when Image launched, it was like, how are we going to make our Wolverine? And they oh, did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because like when you look at at the wildcats and the wildstorm universe there are a lot of other characters that are also like real wolverine -y, and you're yeah. like you guys were like can we just make wolverine and they were like no, no. you just need no. to make a guy who's definitely like kind of a drunk mess disaster and maybe yeah. not a great guy and that's what grifter is and i i love him for that and he's just the most fun um, but yeah, that that and that book launches in November. Uh, Wildcats number one. Uh, me and Steven Segovia. Uh, mm. It's 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 wild. Not to, uh, <laughs> not to it's over... covert. It's action. It's teams. Uh, uh, oh. Maybe it's possible that the acronym stands for a different thing now. Look at that. Oh. I love that because let me be honest. That was the least fun part of the original. <laughs> you know, the, I think I think covert action teams is great. It's the S that really trips you up. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that loose. Is. The S is loose. It flies. Yeah. Loose. So you got uh, an S. Justin, us an S. Oh, there's an S. There's an S. I mean, oh, it's squad, so it's not like that. Much. Swap covert action teams. <laughs> Swap. Yeah. Swap A. Uh, yeah, but it's Justin. Really about oh, uh, Justin mentioned DC versus vampires, which we've been talking about nonstop as well, pretty much every issue. Um, it feels like sort of like this niche world in DC where it's like we got the DC universe and something really messed up happens in the DC yeah. universe and takes it down a path. Uh, when you're doing something like that, how far are you allowed to take it? It seems like already pretty far, right? I mean, we put one of the Wonder Twins in a blender and had someone drink them. <laughs> you so, sure like, did. So, like, pretty, pretty you far. You sure did. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always, it's always a fun challenge to kind of t test that. And, like, there are definite places where, you know, I, like I said before, it's Ben Abernathy editing that book as well. And uh, there's nothing I can send Ben. But, like, I, you know, I text him late at night, be like, can I do this? And it, he'll send me back, like, I don't know. Let's fucking find out. Like, the enthusiasm <laughs> for just, like, what can we do to these characters? And it, I'm, I'm really impressed because I feel like, and this is sort of a, a cultural difference between Marvel and DC, I feel like Marvel fans, and I'm obviously a fan of both and have made stuff of both, Marvel fans don't quite connect to the elsewhere, to, to the what ifs the same way DC yeah. fans connect to Elseworlds. Yes. And, you know, I have people with Batman as their screen name and Avatar on Twitter, and we ripped Batman's heart out of his back and then hung him from an arch and had people, you know, just laughing at his corpse. And those people are like, I love it. I love to see that. And that's something that is really fun. Like, I think people understand the spirit of the Elseworlds is like, we love and respect the continuity. And that's why we're doing this. We want to, we want to explore it and poke at it from different places. And, and people have been really great. And the enthusiasm for that book just uh, is always overwhelming. And, and we have sort of the biggest, craziest stuff coming in it. I think no. the thing I wrote in issue 11, um, when I, when I sent the script to, to James Tynan, who I, I he, he plots the book and I, I write it and, um, you know, we, we sort of plot it together. But when I sent it to him, when I, when I told him about it, he was like, I don't think anyone's ever done that before. And I was like, yeah, I just thought of it. And he was like, 
that's either amazing or real stupid. Like I'm so excited to find out. What <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's kind I mean, of thing. I feel like you snuck one in. It felt it feel it felt like maybe a, like a small event, but to me, it, it feels like the crossover that is so energizing and, yeah. and for all the characters. And yet, you still find the moments of heart in it. Like the uh, it was the last issue where Alfred is talking about how he murdered. Uh, oh yeah, my yeah. god! Yeah, that was so messed up. Yeah, there's the you know I I think what matters like it's very easy to sort of just turn the gore to 11 and and just be like they're monsters and you know who's your favorite character we're gonna tear them in half like that's yeah. super easy and 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 fun sometimes like i'm not gonna deny that like we ripped superboy in half like we did and it was fun um and i love superboy so much but sometimes you want to see what happens when you rip them in half and the but but i think the thing that that you know, I read a lot of Elseworlds stuff. I always have. I love Elseworlds stuff. And the thing that always works is finding the things that make them universal, make these characters universal, no matter where they are in the multiverse. And that's always the heart and the core of the characters. And, like, you can twist it for some and break some, but you need to have that connective tissue. And so for me, people like Alfred and, you know, um, uh, Batgirl and and there's all Green Arrow, yeah. Black Canary, uh, John Constantine. It. Like we're we're sort of pushing John Constantine really hard, and you want to see John Constantine just be kind of breaking and at his breaking point. Like that's where he's at his best. And I was like, that feels relatable, but we're doing it in a new way here. And there's a ton of that. And you know, we're we're trying to put characters who don't normally get the spotlight and 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 be like, we love Steel. Like Steel matters yeah. here. <laughs> this is Steel and Supergirl sailing Steel around matters. the world together. And uh, that was unintentional and kind of tasteless, but uh, you know, <laughs> the um, the the Green Land or the Green Arrow uh, Black Canary stuff is like some of the best oh God, romantic yeah. scenes I've seen in so long. In Thank the main you. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, my, my I love those characters and getting a chance to do it, and um, it's possible where there's going to be some fun uh, Green Arrow team ups with some. Uh, guys coming up who have uh, very cool masks that are easy to make memes out of, and I'm excited Oops. about that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little scoop for you guys. Scoop. Um, yeah, and there's just a bunch. Unless that issue came out, and I missed it. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I think that's on the next issue. Um, yeah, and it, there's yeah, there's there's exactly th that. We're trying to make you know make things that that have those moments of heart and, and passion, and like you know. Barbara Gordon's love for for Nightwing and for Dick Grayson oh, is yeah. is going to be a real thing coming up, and we're really going to awesome. slam into that really hard. And and that's you know that stuff's hard to write because it's emotional and, and intense, and you want to do justice to these characters, and that's what we're trying to do here. And so I'm I'm glad that it connects with you guys. That 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 is uh means a lot to me. Oh, uh, another one you've you. mentioned it a couple of times, but what's the furthest place from here? Which is so awesome. Uh, I think. I think the last time we had you on, you were just launching or just about yeah. to launch the book. And one of the things that really stuck with me as we reviewed every issue of it is you talked about how you're kind of starting small and slowly like an onion, expanding the yeah. world and going outward. We're now at the point where the world has expanded pretty exponentially. We're starting to get backstory. Yeah. At this yeah. point, how much bigger does it have to go? Uh, it goes a lot <laughs> bigger. Um, we have a lot mapped out. Um, Issue seven, like I said, Josh Hickson, who's who's doing a book over at AshcanPress.com with me and Tyler, he drew issue seven. Issue seven, eight, and nine are flashback issues with guest artists. So issue eight is Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, and issue nine is Sweeney Boo. And then Tyler comes back for issue 10. 
and we sort of reinvent everything you know. And, oh, and, uh, and um, you're going to see some stuff you've never seen before. And it's all driving to this place that is very different. And, and sort of the idea is that every arc of the book is should feel really different. And um, it's funny, and I don't know if I should talk about this, but I don't care. Um, we had it, we, we've been, uh, we had a bunch of meetings with like TV film people about the book and um, we kind of were very protective of it because issue one doesn't tell you what it is and so we were like we don't want people to buy this and then be like oh i didn't know that's what it was and i, I have it for <laughs> yeah. two years and I, I don't know how to make that so we kind of didn't we had a lot of people reach out and inquire about it and we were like it's not for option like we're holding on to it and now we're at a place yeah. where we have enough story and we have enough road that we were like okay let's take meetings and, and we had meetings and we had a meeting with a, a great um film company and you know no slight against them they were like this is huge like, do you, do you, is this it? And we were like, no, it's going to go to here and here and here. And we just watched the executives be like, <laughs> as we were like, <laughs> yeah, at a certain point I was like, look, we didn't set out to make this filmable. We set out to make a comic. So like, yeah. sorry. And like, they, they definitely were a little bit like, you could see the price tag spinning in their head. They were like hundred million dollar movie, $200 million movie, four hundred. Yeah. to the point where they were like, this is insane. <laughs> um, you gotta scare those folks. Sometimes yeah. you gotta give them something to think about when yeah. they're going to sleep at I, night. I think I think if you're not scaring uh, film executives, like what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. Oh, uh, this is. I mean, I'll also throw out to you. This is one of those books, particularly because you got the Tyler Boss art. That it's like, as much as I would love for you guys to get that Hollywood money, I want to see it animated if anything like i want to see it with tyler boss's look with that specific layout that you have it's i I love the fact that you're talking about that of course you are but uh, aiming for a comic book first because i think that's what makes the book work like it is something that right now could only inherently work as a comic book and a story and eventually again i hope you i hope you get that bag but uh, i'm really (laughs) enjoying what it is right now Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think what Tyler brings is so, I mean, he's, he, you know, like I, I used to be like, yeah, you know, a lot of times people, some casual of casual fans of comics, especially like tend to be reductive to artists. They tend to think of story first and they, and I, I used to say on four kids walking on bank, I'd be like, it's as much Tyler as me. And on what's the first place from here, I was kind of like, it's not. It's more Tyler than me. <laughs> this book is, is kind of seventy Tyler, thirty percent me. And like I write every issue, and and you know when we build it together, I I you know I I for the next for every arc I go up to his house. He lives in Buffalo. He used to live in Brooklyn, so it was a lot easier. But now he lives in Buffalo, and I go up to his house for a week, and we just yeah go Bills, and we do uh, yes. the uh, for Tyler's thirtieth birthday. I I got him uh, the most expensive Bills tickets. I could get him. I don't know anything about football, but he loves the Bills, and I just like I love I was the like, Bills. I love this dude. We're we're partners, and I want to get him this thing. And I got him the uh-huh. most expensive tickets. And he was like, afterwards, he he was like so appreciative, and he's like, it was so sweet of you. And he's like, the twenty dollars tickets are kind of more fun. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it, like, that was, a, really that was a that was a that was a good uh, used car I spent. It wasn't that much. Yeah. But it, was, <laughs> it was a lot. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think the world and and you know we have the first volume out now, so people are discovering it again. And the first volume is two hundred seventy pages. We wanted to give wow. you a lot of world to digest. And um, 
and people are just discovering it for the first time. And it, it's so exciting because it's it's something where I think, like you said, we're, we set out to do something you could only do in comics. And, yeah. and it's really fun to have that experience and have people come across something that is that is such a self like for me and Tyler I mean maybe it doesn't read that way for other people but for us it's a love letter to, to everything we love about comics and everything that is inherently comics and so having other people feel that and react to that is like you know it's it's it it's made it my the most proud of anything I've ever worked on is that book yeah, yeah. And it comes across phenomenal. that way it, it it feels it's like music it's like flavor or like uh, it's hard to describe, and I think that's why it really hits a mark in, in me as a comic book reader, where it's like it's distinct in a way that is just oh, hard yeah. to quantify. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that, like we set out to value atmosphere, we set out yeah. to value mood, and like we we're like, this isn't for me. Like, you know, I, I spent five years at Marvel and been at DC for the last couple, and like you got twenty pages, you got twenty two pages. Like the first thing when you run out of space, you cut is mood and atmosphere. Like, yeah, if you have right. too much plot, if you, you need a fighting, you need plot, you need character, mood and atmosphere thing that goes. And like anytime you read a great moody comic, like you read, you know, like Long Halloween or whatever, and you're just yeah. like, man, this is a masterclass in building atmosphere. How do they do this? And so we're not that good as those guys. So <laughs> what we do is add a lot of pages. We're like, well, in a twenty-page comic, <laughs> this would just be plot. So this is a forty-page comic, and it and it and it feels different than other stuff. And that I think when you talk about it being sort of musical and and that and like that's that's how I sort of connect to it is that it's 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 we're making something that is is lyrical and 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 you know infused with atmosphere in a way that that is hard to do and, and... It, it's cliche or sort of shitty to say it's a vibe but I, th oh, yeah. this book does it is a vibe like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, once people say that and mean something i was like that's not a vibe that's a movie you saw uh, yeah. this is like a distinct vibe that that I just uh you don't have I yeah don't i'm gonna uh, the i won't i won't name names but there's another uh a prominent comics podcast i won't name names uh that i love better be much. another one we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna name names they're your names but yeah. you know, there's a, there's comics podcast where one of the hosts likes the book and one of them doesn't and they talk oh. about it a lot and i i really like and i sent them a note being like i really love that that like you guys don't see <laughs> eye to eye because i'm making something me and tyler are making something that feels very personal to us and very intimate and like it's about comics and it's about all these things but it's about the comics we love and that isn't universal and there's something sort of rewarding about finding two people where it connects with one and not the other that yeah. is like i know this sounds obnoxious but there's something really <laughs> gratifying to be like that actually validates that this is personal and 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 it's a choice you like made a choice yeah. like we don't ever yeah. disagree about anything so i wouldn't even know what that's like <laughs> but uh but yeah like the fact that you made a choice means that someone isn't gonna like that choice and that in itself is is also hard yeah they were they were like you know sort of apologetic when i was like oh he doesn't like it and they were like oh no and i was like no it's fine like it's not yeah. <laughs> for everyone like we don't you know like there are very few things in the world that are for everyone and also good. <laughs> like yeah. things that are for everyone are fine. There are things <laughs> that are great and they're for some people and there are things that try to get everybody. And there's, there's exceptions. Like, you know, sure. I like star Wars a lot. Pretty much everybody likes star Wars a lot. Yeah. And I know not everybody, but like most yeah. people, it, it's a, it's an exceptional thing. But most of the time when someone's like, I want everybody to like this, you're like, Kind of everybody may like it, but no one's gonna love it. And that yeah, some people sucks. are making pizza, and you're making haggis. 
Yeah, really a nightmare statement. The most insulting thing I've ever heard. Uh, this is full of comments here. Slap him in the face while he's on our podcast. Thank you so much, Justin. Uh, Michael Tillman says, Tom Hanks, say something bad. Uh, is that asking us to say something bad about Tom Hanks? The accents he's been doing in his last couple of movies have been very weird. Wow. I don't think that's a bad thing to say that, though. I think that's weird. I, I mean, like, I'm a huge Mira Sorvino fan, and that's all she does is accents that you're like, this isn't tied to anything. This isn't good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Tom Hanks. I will say that the new season of Atlanta, which was one of the best things uh, ever on TV. Oh, my God, the, yeah. The Chet Hanks cameo is yes. the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's up there. Talk about something that is sort of like atmospheric and tonal that just a yeah. lot of people didn't like. Oh, yeah. The new season sure, of Atlanta yeah. is that for sure. But yes, Chet Hanks. Great. Chet Hanks. If you haven't seen, find out the episode that Chet Hanks is in. It's a standalone episode. And it is like, I don't know why they thought it was a good idea. I don't know why Chet Hanks thought it was a good idea. Uh, and because of that, it's a great idea. It's, it's yeah, exactly like really, two bad ideas sometimes make a good idea. Yeah, it's really problematic <laughs> and screwed up. And that's not a bad thing about Tom Hanks, except, you know, that's his kid well, making bad ideas, I guess. But I would say <laughs> hard to say something bad about Tom Hanks. Easy to say something bad about Chet Hanks. I, <laughs> uh, well, Atlanta was great. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Great. That's why you, you brought me on here, guys, to talk about Atlanta. Exactly. Absolutely. This Sorta. is our Atlanta podcast. Uh, this is Atlanta Book Club. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to go to our sponsor now. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, thank, thank you so much for coming on. You've talked about so many things, so I hesitate to ask what else are you working on. But what else do you want to plug before we let you go? I'll be honest. That nap I had was awesome. I, <laughs> you're plugging that. naps. naps. Plugging yeah. naps. Guys, check them out. Into, check them out. If you're not into naps, yeah, get into mm-hmm. naps. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, check out uh, ashcanpress.com. Um, mm. That's that's the home of a ton of my my time and energy, but it's also the home of of uh, some of the best artists in comics working. Uh, first volume of What's the First Place from here is in comic shops now, and uh, Joker starts in October. Wildcat starts in November. DC versus Vampires uh, keeps going and yes. going and. Uh, the collection of that. Uh, oh, I have a Joker book out today, Joker Puzzle Box, which is a super strange yeah. book, but it's uh, very fun. And it's a, 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 a weird murder mystery from where the Joker is your narrator and is just lying the whole time. So it's funny. Um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I don't know. Google me. <laughs> the ultimate. Plan. Google me. I don't know. Google me. Hey, there we Google go. Me. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure oh. chatting with you. Congratulations on Ashcan Press, and I'm looking forward to reading every single one of those books. Yeah. yeah Thanks congratulations. Thank you so Thanks, much. Guys. All right. Bergie. There we go. Bergie. Matthew Bergie. Rosenberg, check out com for so much. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And folks, we are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. 
And uh, for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question and ask a question over on Crowdcast or something in the comments over on YouTube. But we got one. This is, this is a little bit of a swerve. We got one here from the show. Pete has a I, question. Pete, what's going on? Uh, yeah, um, I want to hear about you going to New Orleans and to one of the greatest restaurants and uh, what that experience was like. Uh, but first, we should talk about our drinks because it looks like either you shrunk or you have a giant beer. I don't know what's going on. No, I got tiny in New Orleans. I, I ate too much um, uh, salt, um, uh, beautiful mm-hmm. tasting food that was well seasoned. Uh, that's on the that's on the license plate, right? Get tiny in New Orleans. Yeah, get little. Uh, this is uh, I'm drinking a hazy IPA from my farm share. They make beer there, um, the Garden of Eve farm share. They deliver vegetables and sometimes Ooh. beer. And it's Ooh, I'll tell you wow. what, it's a giant can. Okay, good. And I'm not losing okay. my mind. It is a giant can. Okay, kind of always good when you can compliment the can and nothing else. What are you drinking, Pete? Uh, I'm drinking a uh, Baltimore special here. This is a Zadie's, a lager. Wow, I've never heard of that. And I, mm-hmm. it's Baltimore special. Wow, nice. Uh, I've switched from the special drink of the night to straight bourbon. Oh, <laughs> just straight bullet, bro! <laughs> bullet to the head. Go, man. This is what happens when we have long, uh, fun interviews. Uh, it's great. Um, All right, wait. Uh, to answer Pete's question. Oh, yes. Straight, okay, wait. While you answer the question, I'm going to plug in my laptop because I forgot to do that, but go ahead. Oh, I was going to oh, say wow. Straight Bullet says, oh, God, invite me in for this. Um, so we should do that uh, when yeah, Alex gets back because he yeah, retains that power. He does. Um, he does. I'll just look at all up. games behind him there. He's got an old school clock, it looks like, too. Yeah, Shang-Chi. this is oh, Alex is in the year um, 1830, right? Yeah, now. that's yeah. why he's in a new location. Um, but I, I was down in New Orleans for work shooting a commercial and um, uh, Stray Bullet, Brett Macris, uh, lives and works in New Orleans. Yeah, and, an amazing um, restaurant. Alex, uh, invite Stray in uh, for this conversation. Uh, because Oh, yeah, was, sure. Um, so we had a plan. Stray and I had a plan of um, I was going to finish up shooting and come to his house to do the show. Uh, from his living room, and he was going to make an elaborate tasting menu over the wow, course of it. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brett, welcome to the stream. Brett. Hello. Hey, but what's I up? Too late. I worked too late. I'll let Brett take over from here. So he did. So we, the plan was like it was going to be this uh, you guys would be doing the show, and I would just be randomly bringing him courses. Like it was a oh, six course tasting God. menu. It's going to be so good. Cool. It would just be like it, during the show talking to the guests, and I would just like drop a plate, this like really oh, elegant meal uh, through the whole show. But it was How fine. could you be late for that? You well, I, mean, I was he, working he, on the other side of the lake. Yeah. It was horrible. He didn't even get it, uh, to the house until like eight o'clock. Wow. But eight I was o'clock. like, well, fuck it. I have all this food. Like it's all ready to go. So I was like, well, either way, we're gonna have a decent night, whether he's on the show doing it or. So we did. We had a pretty decent night. I got to cook food and it was fun. But what was it like when you went to his restaurant, though? Like, what was that like? This was the uh, experience. The restaurant (laughs) was great, also. This was the signature experience in my life. It was so good. I was in his living room, his son's playing behind me uh, and hanging out. Like, we had a a blast. I made a cocktail, but didn't take the mint out and really embarrass myself. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, he made we made the we made the cocktail of the day and then we had boulevardiers and then yeah. we sat on my porch and drank for it. It was great. Yeah. Ah, what a nice date. 
Yeah. So good. Like cool. I like I said in the Slack, I'm sorry that you just had to be friends instead of doing a bit. That's a real bummer. <laughs> I know. Someday we'll have a relationship, yeah. um, Alex. Yes. But, I mean, he landed like your timing for the week was perfect because I had like a lamb, a whole lamb I had been dry aging upstairs oh. in the restaurant for like a month. And then I just gotten in like a 27 pound cobia. And I had black truffles. And I had black garlic. And, like I had yeah, all this stuff the dishes hey, just hit, at, hit my, the... at my fingers. So like, and I had like a 28 day age ribeye. I had all these things what? that he just happened to like fall perfectly on. So I could make a decent meal out of it. Just lucky, I guess. It was not just a decent meal. It was an epic meal that I had sitting at his bar. And then, uh, like three days later, I went to his restaurant. Our wardrobe uh, person on the shoot also, um, her sister dates. um, My sous chef. Yeah, total coincidence. Um, So we all came for dinner, and they set us up again with an epic meal. I had a... Of course, of course. uh, a piece of a piece of steak that I later wore as a crown, what? a lamb, yeah, a lamb. I mean, I, 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 so I was broke down the lamb that day, and I had, you know, like a crown roast. If you ever seen one, it's like half the side of the ribs with the bones and the thing. But instead, I had the cross section, so it was like the loin in the middle with the bones sticking out. So it looked like you know, a weird wow. weird tiara. So when I put it down, I was like, "This is the lamb tiara. You have to wear it when you're done." Wow! I I actually did do it. Brett had to leave, but I did wear it eventually. We I know, like honestly, (laughs) when his trip realized how like old I am now, like we're old because like I had to leave halfway through his meal at the dinner to go take care of my son, and I was like, "Sorry, man, I can't go out tonight." Whereas, like, you would hit me up, like, four years ago, I would have been like, no, we're fucking going. We're going to go to Bourbon Street for one drink. <laughs> we're going to Royal, and we're going to go to our bar. And then we're going to, like, we're going to tear it up. I hope you don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, you do? That's too bad. We're going to keep going. Like, nice. you know, you'll get over it. And, yeah, but, I will nope. say, every day I had to work there, I was up at 4.30 in the morning. So yeah. um, it would have devastated my old ass as well. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, Plus, I heard you, you stay. Yeah, go ahead, B. I heard the maitre d' called you a line producer. Oh, yeah. yeah, this motherfucker set it up so when I walked up, they were like, ooh, Mr. Big Time Line Producer here. And I was like, yeah, but so, uh, there's more to uh, it. There's more to it, too. So you at some point have made a reservation with Resi 100%. because you were already in our system. Yes. So I put in your notes when he arrives, say, hey, are you that Big Time Line Producer? <laughs> so now everywhere you go and you make a reservation on Resi, the fucking hostess is gonna, or the host is gonna ask you if you're that big time line producer. Uh, can't <laughs> wait for that, which is how most reservations are made these days. So, perfect. of course, yep. yeah, it's great. Uh, there you go. At least they're recognizing your job, Justin. That's yeah, the important yeah, exactly. thing. Exactly. Not Brett, my job. Brett, thank you so much for coming yeah, in. Sure. Thank you for treating yeah. uh, Justin to a good dinner. He's been eating crackers and stale water yeah. the entire time. So, trying to recapture <laughs> that taste, that flavor. Yeah. So good. When I'm you're down on, in New Orleans, uh, go to Kashan. Get there. Wait, what are you I'm drinking? I want to drink one too many of tonight's around the uh, around the Zest world. So it's oh, really I, good. I, I will yeah. just mention just to get back to it while you're on. So I mentioned to you on the Slack, but I made one for myself, made one for my wife, also made two for my neighbors, including one of my neighbors loves honey and bourbon, so she was very excited. But both of them individually came over to be like that drink was amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. Right. So, uh, I did have that much. fear. I'm glad I didn't go with the Matthew Rosenberg one because for a second there I had that fear. Like, what if Phil Jimenez is like sober? <laughs> this yeah. fire yep. But uh, Matthew Rosenberg was. So yeah. there you go. We all sure right. Great all right, Brett. Nice Thanks, chatting. Guys. Have a good night. Oh, man. That's great stuff. All right. Let's get to some questions here. Um, the first one's from Straight Bullet. Why don't we go to somebody else for a second? This is from Kevin. Following up on the monster discussion and this week's news, what are some of your fave monster-based comics? Which ones would you love to see get adapted? Of course, Kevin is talking about Werewolf by Night. The trailer for it yes. was released at D23. It's based on a comic book, by the way. Oh, boy. If you subscribe to our you Marvel Vision podcast, we did a breakdown of D23 of the Marvel panel and talked all about that. So check that out. But what do you guys think? What are some of your favorite monster books? Well, uh, let's DC versus vampires has been a fave. So that's right in the top of mind. Um, Marvel zombies, Marvel Mm -hmm. zombies, uh, getting, getting that. I think, um, uh, trying to think of the, the Frankenstein keeps popping up in the DC universe, a rare version of, uh, a monster character that sort of fits in with the other, um, the sort of the ways that the, the teams that Frankenstein gets put on in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm here for that. Uh, also, throughout while we're talking about Frankenstein, I'm blanking on the exact name of the book, but Mike Mignola just released a ver- his version of Frankenstein. Oh, it's wild! Uh, catching back up with it in the Mignola verse or whatever we call it, the Hellboy universe. Uh, very cool. Great book from Dark Horse. Definitely check that out. It's set in like a, a post-apocalyptic world where Frankenstein is like a prophet sitting uh, <laughs> like Buddha for a long time. It's wild. Yeah. So cool. All right. Good question there. Why don't we go to another one? This is from Josh H. It is the 30th anniversary of the debut of Harley Quinn and Batman the Animated Series. Who is your favorite comics character that has been created in the last 30 years? Wow. Last 30 years. Yes. Um, that takes us back Ooh, to 92. Um, Great. When, uh, real quick, when did Maggot debut in X-Men? Do you guys remember? I think that was in the in the window, probably yeah. like ninety four. I want to maggot say. man. Or early, Let's go with maggot. Maggot man. 90s, yeah, love maggot man. Um, <laughs> let me throw it out to Starman, uh, which I think is in that window. Um, and just talk about building a mythology. One of my faves. A quick shout out to um, Have You Nerd. Let's not forget Best Frankenstein, Frankencastle. Thank Let's, you for picking up. I mean, I was we... hoping we could maybe. The, lightly touch on Frankenstein and not bring up Frankencastle one time, maybe just once. I mean, to get back to the last question, that was a pretty good arc with some monsters where Frankencastle went to live no, with a bunch of monsters yes, underneath no, New not. York City. No, Super not. fun. Frankencastle no, was the doctor, I think, Alex. As we previously mind. established, all of us all agree on everything all the time, mm-hmm. unlike okay. certain comic book podcasts. So, yeah, Justin, yeah. you like Frankencastle? I like Frankencastle? We all like Frankencastle. Um, the new new characters though, in the last thirty years. Yes, Murder Falcon. Nice, great. Frankencastle. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Created a whole cloth. I mean, it, the, there are so many like there. There's just constant creations. I feel like the hard part is a character that's been created in the last thirty years that really like can stick around for a bit. Um, uh, let me throw Amadeus out Amadeus Cho. I'm, I, Amadeus I like Cho, it. the new Blue yeah. Beetle. 
um, yep. is mm-hmm. one. Jaime Reyes. Jaime Kamala Reyes. Khan, Ben the Border Collie, calls out in the comments. Uh, also, Josh yeah. H. said same thing. Uh, Miles Morales as well. Yeah, yeah Miles, great character. Yeah. There you go. All right, we got some questions over at YouTube. This is from Nelson Martinez. Are you guys caught up on Hell reservation yeah. dogs? Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. I was going to talk about that in uh, The Weekend and The Geekin', but uh, oh my God, some amazing touchings. I'm finally, uh, uh, since I'm uh, living in my brother's house, uh, he has television, like actual cable. Uh, so I get to watch like uh, that kind of stuff, which is crazy. So I've been watching a lot of reservation dogs. Mm. I'm not cut up yet, but it is literally the next show I'm going to just You should. It's fucking fantastic. Can't wait. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. And Stanley over on YouTube says, are any of you going to New York Comic Con? Any fun plans for the event? I'll say I haven't really looked into it too much yet, to be honest, but because a lot of other things have been going on, but I certainly plan on. We get it. You're busy. All right. You're going to pop fucking meetings and shit. All right. Funko Pop meetings. Uh, I told Pete I went to Funko Investors Day at the beginning of the day, and I explained this to you, Pete. I own 54% of Funko, so I had to go there. Yeah, 54% of Funko. Uh, Controlling interest, if you will. But I'm a silent partner. I don't make a big deal about it. I don't like put Funko stuff behind my head while I'm taping a podcast. Yeah, no, you would never. Um, I'm going to, I have to go to Ice Cream Con, Cream Con, so I'm going to be there. (laughs) Look out for Ice Cream Man while you're there. Yeah. Uh, yes, I am planning on going to New York Comic-Con. They're definitely going bigger than previous years as things quote-unquote open up again. I put quotes there because obviously we're still in the middle of a pandemic, guys. But at the same time, there are a bunch of panels that are happening that I do think are interesting. Warner Brothers announced their stuff, and they're going to be doing Doom Patrol. We do a Doom Patrol podcast. Great to hear. So that's exciting. Very excited to see that. Um, there was at least one other thing that Warner Brothers was doing there that I was interested in. I am blanking on what it is. I know Probably they're also Batman. Doing... Harley no, Quinn. I don't think they're... Uh, they definitely have some Harley Quinn stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to check it out. They're certainly like... I appreciate that they are keeping things safe with vaccinations and masks and they're being responsible there. I'm curious to see what it's like. I haven't been to a convention in years at this point. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Excited to check it out. We got just a couple more questions here. This one is from Jonathan McCool. What are your guys' favorite cartoon of all time? Doesn't have to be based on a comic, but most cartoons from back in the day either came from or became a comic at some point or another. Uh, great Captain question. Captain Bucky O'Hare, come on. Let's go, yep. Justin. Uh, let's croak us some toads is what I always yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a fan of that. Uh, something that I've been rewatching recently, Gargoyles, the Disney cartoon. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. Deep mythology uh, from uh, at a time when it was like, you don't need to do this. But they did it. They got into some like Shakespearean stuff. Great interlocking stories. Like really enjoyed that. Uh, lately, it's been like Primal uh, has been great. Uh, Samurai Jack. Um, oh, man, I've, I've watched so many cartoons. I'm just going to leave real quick. Um, hopefully, uh, I'll nice. come back. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah, but I mean, a- as a kid, it was just like, you know, uh, Saturday mornings was uh, was the time, dude. It was all like Mask and He-Man and Transformers and all that shit. Truly. And let me, I was about to say, Ben the Border Kylie also saying Adventure Time, favorite Avatar The Last Airbender, truly just great cartoons mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. continue to read. 
back in the day, I was definitely obsessed with the Tidy Tunes uh, oh, Animaniacs yeah. block that was oh, on. Yeah. I would yeah. watch that almost religiously. Batman the Animated Series, of course. Going of course. I mean, you don't even have to say that. I mean, everybody. I, yeah, that. That's yeah, understood. And yeah, yeah. in terms of modern stuff, Futurama, you know, it kind of... Uh, went a little wobbly by the end there and with the movies and everything. But some of those earlier seasons are so phenomenal and just absolutely perfect. I think about them all the time. And for more recent stuff, the recent She-Ra series was superb from beginning to end. One of my favorite things of all time. Ben the Border Collie calls out Korra, a show that only got better over the course of the seasons. And I am very excitedly nervous for the new Avatar animated stuff that's coming out. Very scared of what they're going to do, but I can't wait to watch it. Strong choices, I bet. Very. Core was such a strong choice coming off of Avatar, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're only going to do the same. And we got one last one. This is for our friend Stray Bullet. What is your favorite B-list monster like Chupacabra, Rougarou, etc.? Mm. B-list monster? Um, would that even... Like the Jersey Devil? Uh, I don't know. Basket case? Oh no! Um, hmm, hmm. Uh, you know what? This is one I've never even seen any of the movies, but Critters. I was always kind oh, of obsessed with the posters for that when I was younger. I was like, these are a clearly a Gremlins ripoff, but B looks so yeah. hairy and so weird. I don't know what's going on with them. I never want to see the movie, but I'm kind of obsessed with them at the same time. That makes me want to shout out Tremors, a movie that I've seen so many times, like an unnecessary amount of times and a a monster where it's like, you could probably get away from that one. Right. Yeah. The other one that I'll shout out that was also like another Gremlins ripoff that was kind of the same time as Critters was Ghoulies. The thing that I only remember for the posters where it's like, I guess he lives in the toilet and he pops out (laughs) of the toilet or something. That was the tagline, right? I guess he lives in the toilet. (laughs) <laughs> I think the tagline is something like they're going to get you in the end. Yo, if at I the same correctly. time, Jonathan McCool and Aaron Dorian are saying, what about ghoulies? Aaron says ghoulies. What wow. like uh, linear <laughs> thinking happening? They're there. coming back. Due for a reboot. Netflix, you hear us? Bring it back. Oh, my God. All right. And that is it for your audience questions. We are going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePay. Oh, I don't man. know if we have time for trivia. This show yeah, is running I, uh, it's running late. I don't know if there's any time. Zubs, uh, do, do we have somebody or are we going with personal? We do. Yeah, we have team. Have You Nerd, who I think, if, I, uh, if I'm guessing this correctly, is a frequent YouTube viewer who always misses the trivia section. So oh, I think we, we have to bring them into the stream oh, to do some trivia here. Did you actually come up with questions or were you trying to avoid doing it, Pete? No, no, I, I have uh, questions. I was just, uh, yeah. you know, asking. Hey! Hello! Hey! In my Whoa. car on my lunch break, I finally got to catch you live. All Are you right. in a uh, Hey, I got a question real quick. Yeah? Yeah. Can I make history and be the first guy to purposely get a question wrong and lose trivia? And donate my money to a charity, the San Felipe yes. Foundation. Wait, the which was the foundation? Can you say it again? San I talked Filippo. over you. San, San Filippo. Filippo. It's a syndrome. My nephew has it. It's kind of close to me. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. No yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to get a question wrong. Though. Yeah, you don't have to get it wrong. Oh, you know, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I could be the first one to ever lose sugar. I mean, that's true. Keep making that's it so that. easy. Just you. a suggestion not to plan this out in advance. It's particularly funny if you lose on the third question, but uh, I'm just going to mention that. But go ahead. Whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. All right. Today's right. trip is on topical comic news and the small nod to the legend Mary Alice. R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Batman and blank reunite in a December crossover one shot. So it's Batman and blank. Is it a Neil Diamond, B Spawn or C Keith Diamond? Well, I've seen ads for this. So Spawn. Spawn is correct. Well nice. done. Wow, doing okay. great so far. Crushing. Here we go. Question I might number... recommend the C answers if you are looking to be incorrect. Okay, here we go. Starting in December, Spider-Man's new big event will be called blank. Is it A, Dark Web, B, Webinar, or C, Richard Libertini? So it's either Dark Web or it's B, Webinar. I say Dark Web. You are correct. Yes. Here we go. That's great. The last one. New Boom comic dropping in October. It is called Approach. And what kind of horror series is it? Uh, Speaking of uh, fun B-list horror monsters. Is it A, Gore Slam, B, Survival, or C, Malgorham? Um, it's definitely C, Mel Gorham. Oh my god, you got it wrong. Oh my uh, god. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's never survival, happened before. Uh, That's survival horror. Oh my god, in the, the history of the show, nobody has ever lost. I'll, I'll tell you what, in lieu of a Midtown Comics gift card, we're going to donate the $25 to, correct me if I got the link wrong, but the Cure San Filippo Foundation at curesanfilippofoundation.org. Exactly. Does that work? That's awesome. awesome. Thank you, guys. Love yeah, no that, problem. Man. We're going to do $25 there. Thank you for coming on. Glad it finally worked out time-wise. Great, Have man. Great I night. love listening to you guys. You guys are awesome. Take care. Oh, thanks so uh, much. You're awesome. Thank you. Have a great night. Love having you in the chat. All right, there we go. And again, I will uh, drop this link in the chat there if anybody else would like to donate. In the meantime, new comics. They're coming out. We love them. They're cool. Oh, yeah. What was your secret? What was your secret, Pete? Of course, uh, uh, Kevin was correct. It is the 1990 hit, Awakenings. Oh, wow. And you are you bringing back Robin Williams? Is that what you're doing? That was a Robin Williams movie. Sneak it, All right, what comics are you looking forward to that are coming out this week, Pete? What are you looking forward to? Oh man, I'm looking forward to do a power bomb number four. Oh, I'm looking call. forward to Superman, Son of Kal El number fifteen, and I'm also looking forward to Batman v Robin number one mm. nice um justin what about you pete just said a lot of words and some numbers um i'm gonna do the same uh i'm gonna shout out um a righteous thirst for vengeance number Ooh, 11 can't uh, wait rapping. to talk about that with you can't wait to talk about that by rick remender which brings the series to a close in a uh excellent way i feel like it is the last issue oddly in 11 uh as opposed to reminder, man, you know, you do, you, he does you what he wants. Exactly. 
But let me also shout out Love Everlasting number two um, from time. Sorry, got you, Alex, twice. Uh, twice, Alex. Uh, every uh, single uh, thing that, no, it's all of you. It's both of you have taken everything that I wanted to talk about. But go hey, ahead, Justin. Hey, hey, that's what you get for going third. Um, uh, Tom King's um, sort of take on uh, romance comics, which there is so much going on in these books, and you feel it, and it's just great to see Tom King operating sort of outside of the normal genres that um, you read his stuff in. Uh, and shout out to the art by Elsa uh, Charatier. Nice. I'm looking forward to Daredevil number three from Marvel. Chip Zdarsky nice. has been knocking it out of the park every single time. But also, given the cliffhanger at the end of last week's Punisher, I feel this weird sense of anticipation for everything that's going on in Daredevil as they seem to be yes. tying together very slowly. So. That's very exciting. I guess we'll yeah. see what happens. All of those books are going to be talked about in our Stack podcast that rolls out Wednesday, 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed and in its own dedicated Stack feed. And folks, that is it for this week's Packed Shoes. Ah, great show. Great converse. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Giles Clark for coming on. Check out Rogaru coming later this month. Also, Chris Goberti and Phil Jimenez. Check out Zest World as well as Phil's story comic on there. Specifically, Matthew Rosenberg. Check out absolutely everything from him. But in particular, AshcanPress.com, which has launched. And you can check out all the comics coming from there soon. Next week on the show, we have another packed show. We got Mike Spear longtime listener and friend of the show is going to be here yeah. to talk about CWL. Also, Nandor Schaefer is going to be here to talk about Manchild. And Declan Shalvey is going to be here to talk about Image Comics, Old Dogs, as well as all the other things that he's working awesome. on. So that's very exciting. Bunch of other podcasts we need to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, as mentioned, just dropped a D23 episode as well as She-Hulk every single week. The Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, Thursdays, with new episodes, you can get every episode at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, Riverdale After Dark, we just dropped a new episode interviewing none other than oh, Nana man. Blossom. So Nana cool. Rose Blossom herself. Oh. Uh, Barbara Wallace, very fun. Patreon.com slash comic book club, as I Jesus mentioned. Christ, Apple. She's got some taste. Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Subscribe, listen, and follow at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Thanks, everybody. Take care of yourself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.